Omni Experience, or what we refer to as OX, is often mistaken as simply a digital strategy with a focus on desktop mobile. But it's much, much more than that. It's the concept of building consistent and complementary experiences across every step of the journey a customer shares with a brand. It's telling a story that meets a brand's customers in the advertising they experience, in e-commerce, in loyalty programs, and especially the experience they have in a brand's owned spaces. Whether it's brick and mortar retail, stadiums, hospitals, or any other physical space customers experience your brand, it's a valuable point in the OX ecosystem that is too often overlooked. I'm Dan Bruner. And I'm Matt Clark. And And this this is the the Omni Experience Experience Podcast. Okay, we're back. We're back with another bonus episode. This is going to be a little different. We're just jumping right into it. Um, we initially launched a our first bonus episode, which is our first thing we ever recorded as like a test. And we launched it as a bonus episode on the very first on our feed. And we were talking about COVID and COVID pivots and what that was going to mean for the industry. We never thought we'd still be here talking about it but uh what are we doing matt we are still we're still pivoting everybody yeah so this episode is called COVID 19 still pivoting um i think when we did that first recording uh i guess that was yeah that was may ish something like that um and we were what about two months in at that point. Um, I think we were under the impression it was going to be over any day at that point. Yeah, uh, we were. <laughs> I mean, I think we thought within a you know a quarter at least. Like um, it was a good time to start the podcast. We were kind of trapped. We thought there's something we've been talking about. Let's figure out how to do it. This is a good conversation to have. But at no point. Um, I guess I imagined it could last longer, but I didn't really think it was realistic based on what we were being told. But hey, we're still here. We're still at home. It's still bad. (laughs) It might be worse. Um, But a lot of things have changed, and we want to focus on one thing. We've talked about this. We actually stole this. I think it was from the CEO of Saks. Correct me if I'm wrong, but everyone keeps talking about the new normal. We dismiss this idea completely. This is the next normal. We're evolving. Things will get better, but it's never going to be the way it was. It is going to be a new normal that's permanent. So we're calling it next. It's next. It's not new anymore. This is uh, this is our life now. We're here. So uh, we'll also kind of, I think, dig into that um, as we continue to uh, to evolve it a little bit. Yeah, and, um, you know, we're, I don't know, six-ish six plus months into to COVID-19 and um, you know, a lot of companies pivoted right off the, Oh, Dan's throwing up a hand signal for eight months. Eight months. So forgive me, everybody. My, my calculus is off this morning. It happens. Um, it's been a while <laughs> and a lot of companies uh, moved pretty quickly right at the beginning, uh, you know, or within a few months to, uh, establish what their safety guidelines were, how they were going to operate in this, this next normal, um, you know, but things are still changing. Um, companies are still, uh, being impacted. Uh, you know, there's, 
been um, a lot more bankruptcies than when we first spoke about the topic. Um, there's also new companies that have been started. There's uh, IPOs that are happening or that have been delayed or, or killed. Uh, you know, so there's a lot going on, um, a lot of negative, but also some positive out there. And we're going to jump, just uh, chat about a few of those things. Now, I was going to say the first thing we want to talk about is, I think, uh, the idea of around communication and understanding, which we, we did kind of focus, I think, in our COVID episode. We've talked about it in one of our other episodes, I believe. Um, the importance of communicating to your customers, to your community, how you're handling it. So how you're keeping things clean, how you're doing that. So um, since I stepped on Matt's toes, I'll let him jump back into it. But communication. Yeah, the only thing I'd, I'd add to that is that, um, you know, I think our point originally was that you need to do it quickly and explain that to your customers, um, make sure they're comfortable with how you're going to be operating. Um, I think at this point, the the tweak on that is that uh, you need to be doing it, you need to be updating them and uh, periodically, you know, and keeping them posted on that thing, on uh, what you're doing and how it's changing, evolving, um, and just reassuring them that you're keeping everything clean and um, it's a safe environment for them to, to experience your branding. Yeah. So, and one of the things I think um, I've done a little bit of flying. I don't think, have you done any flying since? No, no, no I haven't. You're, you're one of the lucky ones. Um, I've been flying on United Airlines um, a bit. And, uh, you know, things were, they were not filling the middle seat. They are doing a good job of cleaning. I don't know if they're like industry setting in that regard, but a lot of like the social distancing, which I don't know how important that was to be honest, because I don't know if keeping a middle seat open is far enough a distance, but it definitely feels better than when you're in a, a cramped plane. Um, but they've been doing a really good job keeping the planes clean. And I appreciate that. On the other hand, while they do hand you like an alcohol wipe every time you walk on to clean your area, to clean your seat. And they're also doing a lot of stuff in between flights and you can tell the, the planes feel cleaner. It means that they weren't doing a very good job before, which I do kind of have a problem with that. If I'm honest, uh, planes typically are pretty gross and they turn you around mean, so fast. Before COVID-19 came around. Pre-pivot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm seeing a silver lining in that. I do appreciate the cleanliness and the, the effort they're putting in. But let's talk Delta because um, it seems like they're sort of leading this charge uh, in terms of how they're dealing with it. I don't know if they're filling the middle seats or not, but they seem to be setting a good standard. Yeah, and I think uh, from the perspective of uh, communicating what you're going to be doing and, and actually implementing um, – you know, a safety and, and cleaning regiment. Um, they were kind of the first to set the standards for that. They started off by introducing electrostatic um, disinfectant applications. Uh, and that kind of quickly spread to, to, you know, hotels are doing that and, and um, all sorts of companies. But uh, in the airline industry, they were kind of first to the game there, and they did a, a nice job of communicating that to their customers and to to everyone, for that matter. Um, so I think uh, from that perspective, they're kind of the the model 
um, for how to operate in, in these conditions. Um, again, they're in a really hard industry. Um, and I don't know, I, ha I don't know that I've heard of um, layoffs that are happening at Delta, but the industry is certainly getting hit um, with layoffs now, especially since the federal payroll assistance has come to an end, um, at least for the time being. Um, so I know uh, American and United between the two of them are laying off 30,000 workers this week. Um, you know, so the industry itself is getting hit pretty hard, obviously, because uh, majority of people are not flying at the moment. You know, in, in our little sample of two, we have a 50% fly rate. So um, that's probably better than the, the population as a whole. Yeah, we might be above average. And I'm flying because we have projects going on that I need to deal with. Um, but I'm doing it like in ways that I never would have before. I'm not doing layovers. Um, so I'm driving a lot more to get to and from either an airport close to me or from the airport on the other end so that I can avoid that. It's it's a lot harder because in a day when I used to fly from Austin to New York, which now they just started direct flights from there again, but for the last six months or so, they haven't had direct flights. Um, there was like four or five a day. There's one. So you're up. It's it, that's limiting. And then, you know, there are a lot of people that have to fly too. So planes are more full, whatever, but I, it's not the best experience and it, and it sucks. And I, and I don't even know, I know the, the airlines got bailed out separately as well. They got some cash directly from sort of the first, uh, piece of legislation or the second piece of legislation. Um, they ended up allocated like millions of dollars to the airline industry specifically. I think that's fair. It's an industry that needs to survive coming out of this. We'll come back to normal it's, or normal, the new normal, next normal, next normal, cut that next normal, um, at some point. Um, but you know, I, I don't know. I think Delta is laying some people off. I didn't see, uh, what that number looked like for them. Yeah, I would, I would, I would assume they're kind of in that same ballpark space as the other airlines um it's interesting there hasn't been any consolidation there although i guess they don't have much disposable income at the moment so they're probably just hanging tight i don't know what the market looks like for planes but i mean i guess boeing and airbus are probably going to be suffering the most because most of the planes i've been flying on honestly are like the regional like the embraers uh, like the, the the smaller or like the medium-sized regional jets, which is actually like, you know, those subsidiary airlines like Republic Airways or whatever, they fly like as those carriers. Those planes are more common. There hasn't been big planes. I don't know what they're doing with all their big planes. I mean, I fly United. They have a lot of big planes and a lot of their international routes are just not operating or like super minimally operating. So there's got to be planes sitting somewhere that's got to be costing money. So a merger of two airlines would mean a lot of inventory you More can't use. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I, yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. I don't know. I hope that there's some more, some kind of money. It's It sucks because, like, now there's no kicker for the federal, from the federal government for your unemployment. So these 40,000 plus workers, I think across all the airlines, I saw somewhere around that number yesterday, um, are not going to get that kicker. So their furlough deal is in a much better place than it would have been had they done this six months ago. Worst, worst 
worse place than it would have been six months ago. So I, I don't know. Hopefully they're going to get some relief because for the business I'm in, uh, I need the planes to operate. So we <laughs> we need this business to survive, survive this so that the world can get somewhat back to normal. Um, but it's good for the environment, I guess, that less planes are flying. And uh, I do appreciate that. Yeah, it's a silver lining, I suppose. Um, so yeah, airline industry is one space that recently has um, reported a bunch of layoffs. Um, I also just heard um, Disney is laying off 30,000 workers alone by itself between uh, its two theme parks in the US. Um, so that's a pretty big hit. Um, I know in here in California, Disneyland has been um, kind of a sore subject for, as far as reopening because we've been a little more stringent on that kind of thing. So um, I, I, they've been putting some pressure on the, the state government to figure that out. But um, are they open at all? Is yeah. it open at all? Because I think Florida, I mean, Florida has been open for a while, but they are just now removing any limitations on bars and restaurants um for indoor seating yeah uh which is i know it had reopened that's that's a good question bananas. i didn't um didn't dig into that part of it yeah i i haven't been You're... seeing that but i'm guessing there may not be any capacity issues in at disney in florida the disney world in florida now um but i can't i mean again we need some kind of government assistance because i don't that doesn't just because you can doesn't mean you should everyone's seen jurassic park it didn't end well for the humans. Like, right. <laughs> we do need to. We need do need to solve these problems in a healthy, smart way. Um, so, I, 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 yeah, I don't know what the right answer is. I'm glad I'm not in charge right now of making those decisions, honestly, because that would be difficult. But yeah, man, is that going to be our next natural disaster? Someone brings back dinosaurs. I mean, there is still three months left in 2020. Uh, there's time. There's time. Uh, if there's anyone out there listening named, I think, Richard Hammond. Right? No, that's the guy from Top Gear. Was it? What is his name? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> don't do it. Listen to Jeff Goldblum. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Okay? There we go. Chaos. Yeah. Chaos theory. When in doubt, listen to Goldblum. Yeah, he is a smart man. Smart man. Great voice. Uh, what a year. What a year. Yeah. Yeah, it's been crazy, man. It really has. Um, of course, uh, during the first pivot uh, episode, uh, COVID pivot episode, we, we dug into a lot to uh, some retail bankruptcies that happened at the time. Um, most recent one was Century 21 uh, department store in New York um, that filed for bankruptcy. Um, you know, but we've heard from a number of different retailers um, uh, over the last eight months that have been either filing for Chapter 11 or planning to just close a lot of their stores. Um, I don't know if you have any uh, interesting notes on that part. The list is long. I, I don't. I mean... It seems to be constantly changing and growing, but I mean, from Hertz to Chuck E. Cheese, which I can see from where I'm sitting right now, there's a Chuck E. Cheese across the parking lot, <laughs> um, which is still open. 
uh, here. Anyway, I don't know why you'd want to go in there right now, but Godspeed. Um, sort of a table. I'm looking at this list that Matt sent out. Um, but yeah, there's, I mean, it's not good. There's a lot. Gold's Gym. Yeah, it's kind of, um, it's spanning most industries, uh, which is to be expected. But I thought, I think one of the interesting points here is that the companies most affected are companies that were having issues pre um, yeah. coronavirus. And, we, you know, we, we've talked often about coronavirus being an accelerator for already established strategies. It's also an accelerator for um, distress. So if your your business is has a ton of debt or uh, other issues on the books, then uh, those are going to get magnified um, with a scenario like COVID. COVID-19. So uh, that has been the majority of the cases uh, related to uh, majority of bankruptcy cases related to COVID-19. There's been some underlining issues with the business pre-pandemic. Um, yeah. And um, one of the things I haven't, I don't know, maybe you have, and we don't have it like in preparation, or at least that I saw, maybe you saw something about it, but um, I haven't seen a lot about commercial real estate, but I think you know, along the same lines, next normal. I don't know that people are going to work from home in the numbers they are right now. Um, I think it's going to evolve uh, to somewhere between where we used to be and where we are realistically. But again, and we've I've, I've had this like Twitter messaging with some people in that kind of work in this industry as well. Um, like retail, real estate, these things are kind of related to a point is bad versions of that stuff is going to go away. So like highlighting Matt's point, people that were in distress before are in super distress now. And I think that's probably going to be true for a lot of commercial real estate. Uh, people are not going to want to go into a bad experience in any capacity. I think coming out of this, they are going to yearn for some community, but it's going to be like, you know, a proper sort of environment. So I think that's going to be really important to, to all these things too. And, but we have yet to see like this commercial this impact on commercial real estate to this extent yet. Um, so I guess it's going to depend on how long this lasts, but it could be, that could be an interesting turn too. Yeah, totally. I mean, I certainly have given some thought to what happens with all the commercial real estate out of there when companies are operating at 50% capacity in, um, you know, in office at one time. Um, if that even right, maybe 50% is high, but, um, you know, the first thing you go to is they're not going to need as much space. And then, uh, you know, you go to what happens with the rest of that space that's out there right now. Um, we've talked about flipping it to residential being one option, uh, especially here in Los Angeles, where I am, um, where there's a shortage in uh, affordable housing. Um, so there's that. It, you know, it's funny is uh, on the whole real estate front. Um, when I saw that news about Century 21, I was like, I immediately went to like the uh, broker. The real estate firm. Company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real estate firm. Yeah. yeah. Like the, the home, they sell like home brokers, mostly residential brokers. Yeah. 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 yeah residential. Yeah. 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 I think that too. That's a very, that department store is like mostly in like New York City or like super Northeast um, locations. Yeah. Not everything is bad. Not all industries are getting um, hit hard by the coronavirus. Some are actually thriving. 
Um, you know, there's uh, CNBC put out some information um, about sectors that are doing well. Um, and the way they looked at it was um, increased consumer interest by overall page views online. And uh, the data is for March and April 2020. So in the first month of coronavirus, um, home improvement was up 140%, uh, pet products up 50%, home beauty products up 36%, and uh, gaming was up 145%. So I mean, I think all those uh, sectors are, it's pretty obvious as to why they're up uh, during this time. Everyone's home and trying to, to fill their time. Um, but again, you know, there's there's positives coming out of uh, what's happening right now. This is this is part of the concept of the next normal. I mean, it's a dramatic shift. People don't want to go to a gym, so I think like Peloton positioned themselves unbelievably well for this. The opportunity is huge. Gaming. I I've been playing video games more than I probably have since I was like in high school because for a while there was literally nothing else to do um and it was just good to not to be thinking about the world so totally see that i know that you're uh possibly getting into some home improvement i, I believe possibly yeah yeah dude i uh aside from starting the podcast at the beginning of all of this uh the other project i have on my plate is uh, i'm flipping my garage into a, a home office so um I have a, a 1927 house. And so obviously there wasn't any insulation in there. It was just bare bones, studs and exterior plaster. So insulated, drywalled, um, put it in AC, uh, did some electrical stuff. So it, 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 you know, in what I thought would be like a couple of weeks, it's been now a few months. So I guess that's par for the course with construction projects, but- um, definitely. Almost there. Just trying to paint this weekend. I see. It's a big space. I mean, a two-car garage that was literally like bare studs. It's a big project. It's a lot of stuff. A lot of material. A lot yeah. of time. Mostly doing it yourself. I've seen some pictures. I did help maybe a skosh on one of my trips, but not really. <laughs> uh, yeah, you threw up some insulation, yeah, man. It was like an hour. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't a lot. Oh, 20. Man. So I I certainly did my part in that home improvement um, increase in um, so I you know I get it a lot of people are a lot of people are doing guard home gardening and um, that kind of thing so I I totally get it um, agreed yeah it makes sense I'm not sure yeah I'm not sure about the pet products area though because. It seems like you'd still be taking care of your pet the same amount, right? Well, I think, <laughs> I would hope. but you're spending more time with your pet. You have more, I mean, you're not spending money on things like other things if you're not laid off or furloughed. And uh, the adoption rates have been insane. Like in the, in Austin, wow, Texas, yeah, that's a good point. Um, like every dog has been adopted since the beginning of this. Um, where like people are looking for pets and they can't because the, People are just hanging out at home. And uh, I have a dog. He's adorable. And he gets spoiled a lot. But he definitely gets spoiled a lot more when you're basically home with him all day. Because what else are you going to do? He gets all the things. True. He's a prince. Yeah. Well, that's... Yeah, I mean, that's great that the adoption uh, it, rates are up. It is. I mean, that, yeah. That's a, definitely a positive. Definitely. Uh, 
on the gaming front, uh, have you bought any new equipment while you during COVID or are you just using what you had? Um, mostly using what I had. I bought a couple of games, um, but I did. I needed a new I. So I'm a, a Mac user generally, but I do do some stuff for like content management and some other things where we're building Windows or Linux based machines. And as an excuse to like needing an updated machine for that to do some stuff internally for testing and building, I bought a gaming laptop. Um, so I could also play uh, Warzone, the, the Call of Duty like multiplayer thing that uh, when I'm like not at home. Uh, so I yes, I did buy a laptop. It is a guise of like, there are some things I needed it for for work, but I also use it to play games. It's kind of like a hybrid thing. So I, I'll count that. Yeah. You? No, I, uh, I think about it all the time actually, but I haven't, um, I haven't had a gaming console since the first Xbox. Oh, see, I, I do have a PlayStation four and I, that was my first PlayStation, but my friends had Playstations and the game we played when I was in like junior high, giving away my age, uh, was Tony Hawk pro skater. And it was for oh, PlayStation yeah, one and they just re-released it. Like remastered it, one Tony Hawk plays or Tony Hawk one and two, as like a single game, and I did buy that. It came out like a month ago, and it it's pretty uh, nostalgia nice. driven. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, I remember playing that quite a bit. It's a good game. It's a fun game. Sorry, go oh, ahead. I was just saying, I highly recommend it because uh, in this time, I don't know in terms of like media habits too. Just like generally, we haven't been watching a lot of new content. But we are rewatching a lot of content, and I think it's like avoiding meeting new characters, avoiding like super stressful things. It's a lot of light stuff, a lot of like The Office or funny stuff too. So um, along those lines, my our consumption habits have gone like less inquisitive and more like comfort, um, and we're still kind of rocking mm. that train. So I don't know if you're experiencing yeah, that's a good, that's a similar point. similar things, but I think it's just to like wind down and again keep it light yeah i mean especially during the first few months i was for sure watching a lot of like um kind of those those older nostalgic movies not not older movies necessarily but nostalgic ones for sure um so yeah i totally get that um i haven't been watching as much recently though the last few months Same. um as the kind of the beginning of all of this we just were hunkering down and trying to past time i guess and now it's becoming it's more kind of normal next normal normal procedures but not at the office you know? yeah yeah it does <laughs> it feels it feels weird to the point where you almost forget about we forget about it honestly somewhat um which is yeah. i guess probably good and bad but speaking of that we didn't even hit it we're we are recording this on friday october 2nd this episode will release on friday october 9th if i release it on time sometimes we're i'm not the best at that that's my fault dan that's dan's fault um in case you don't know my voice but this morning panicked sleep didn't sleep very well reading twitter at 1 a.m central time and the president of the united states tested positive for coronavirus um, so it's breaking news to us. I'm sure by the time any Bruno else hears this, this will not. This will be old news. But it's it's a bit crazy. I, I just we didn't talk about that. Yeah. I needed to talk about it a little bit. So 
Yeah, it's funny. We were, uh, we probably should have led with that, uh, but we were talking about it right before we started. And um, I guess we got too excited about uh, the airlines, but um, yeah, but yeah, that's some pretty, pretty unreal news. Um, you know, whether you like Trump or not, uh, you know, I, it's, I, we hope he uh, does all right. Yeah. Recovering from that. Agreed. Uh, it's crazy. The president of the United States uh, has this, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Anyway, let's move on. I mean, you know. Wear your masks, people. Wear your masks. I mean, I, that lesson learned. Wear your masks. Our, uh, our CDC director called that, like, you know, that's the solution right now. If everyone just wears their masks, everyone can kind of go back to the next normal. Yeah, let's do this. Wear your masks. Uh, we talked a little bit about uh, we're kind of doing a little winners and losers from from COVID and the pivots and whatever. Uh, Jeff Bezos was super rich. Now he's like super duper rich. Um, Amazon is crushing it. They've got some new stuff coming out. Something we'll probably talk about in the future. They have um, a new payment system coming out that uses your uniquely identifies your palm to a credit card. Um, that they're going to start using in their Amazon Go stores, but they're also going to start offering to other retailers as a payment terminal option. So I think that's going to be interesting. If it works well, that's going to be a huge opportunity for them. So Jeff Bezos, can do you me- wave your wave your hand? Yeah, you- or you have to like actually press it on the. <clears throat> it's on like the reader. It's like um, like an inch or so off the reader. You don't have to touch it. Um, so yeah, it's you have to like hold your hand still for like a second or two, from what I saw. Okay. Um, I don't know if it's like installed. Palm reader. Yeah, right? essentially. But it uses that. They say it's unique enough. And uh, yeah. So Jeff Bezos can be like the world's first trillionaire, I guess. He's it's literally going to be like Amazon and Taco Bell. It's like Demolition Man all over again. What's he, uh, do you know what his worth is up to now? I mean, it's growing insane, but it has crossed the $200 billion mark last time I looked. And I, wow. I mean, next earnings. Let me just, I'm going to Google it. Yeah, while you do that, I I also just heard recently that Tesla um, hit a key sales um, mark and uh, Elon is now the third richest person in the world behind uh, Bezos and Gates. So people are winning still. <laughs> a few of them. A few, a few of, a few yeah, of them. The, uh, There's a couple of people who the are one percent. The the point oh one percent are winning big time. So this article was written because Google says he's still worth 173 billion. I guess that's from whatever. This article was written August 26th, so last week, as of 1:50 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, last Wednesday, he is now worth 204.6 billion, which is 90 billion more than bill gates who is sitting at number two at 116 billion and it does say elon's at like number three with like 93 billion crazy this uh amazon thing is it's wild. for real i mean it's not a fad it's not a yeah. fad. man um i think yeah one other thing we touched on uh early on in in um the podcast uh was related to contactless payments. Um, obviously, Dan had that that interesting uh, Amazon anecdote about uh, palm reading technology, you know. But uh, 
contactless payment has been up just in general across the board, more so from use, uh, consumers using the technology um, versus companies kind of adopting it and implementing it. Um, obviously, a lot of the newer um, POS systems uh, incorporate it, but you know we've we've seen examples where it doesn't, like Home Depot. Um, but Visa is estimating that more than 300 million contactless cards uh, will be sent out to folks uh, by the end of 2020. So uh, we're big fans of, of this technology and, and any step forward is uh, a good thing from our perspective. Yeah, yeah, we're looking for a faster adoption of this, totally. Um, I've seen a few places, a few vendors have it um, now. It's still tricky. There isn't like the right education to like, I think that the the people using it always like does Apple Pay work? Does this work? Um, so hopefully we can kind of work through some of that fog a little bit. But um, the best experience, honestly, ever is Apple Watch, Apple Pay. From from my perspective, I'm not that, that's like I'm in that ecosystem. But to be able to just like double tap your watch, like bar- you know, just barely touch it to the reader and go is a really convenient, really nice way. I'm not touching my wallet after I've been shopping in a store or whatever, like to me that, that makes the most sense. I don't even have to take my phone out of my pocket and touch it, which is annoying with the mask and all that stuff. So it's a great experience. We need more, uh, more, uh, retail operations to really, to take this to heart and make it, uh, it's the standard because it should be, I think the standard and tap to go credit cards are great as well. Uh, it's just, you know, same thing, but you do have to get the card out of your wallet, but you know, whatever, that's an improvement. And, yeah. Don't ask me for yeah, my pin. I agree. Don't ask me to confirm a bunch of stuff and touch the terminal. So some of that <laughs> stuff I think still needs to approve, uh, Im- improve. So let's let's make it happen. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the, like you mentioned, the pure contactless options like Apple Pay and such are um, ideal. But the card is a step in the right direction for sure. Um, and that's a technology that has been much more widely adopted outside the U.S. Um, we're kind of, we're very late to the game on that Definitely. One. Um, but it's good to see growth. I mean, in Australia, two years ago, everywhere, every single place, it's contactless. And I and I, I believe Europe is mostly the same. I know you were living in Europe for a while. Was it, when you were there, was that pretty standard as well? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, restaurants, they just bring the little portable terminal to your table, you tap it, and you're done. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good strategy too because no one walks away with your card, which is nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We can learn. We can learn. Let's do this. Yeah, I guess you still might sign a, a receipt for a tip, mm-hmm. but you don't have to like touch the buttons that everyone else is touching. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. And it's a better system. Yeah. And I think uh, just to wrap it up, we can end on a interesting slash positive slash long due um, announcement. Um, The Mega Mall American Dream in New Jersey is uh, reopening um, with, I don't know, it's like 10% of the stores, I think is what I saw. It's like 30 something of 300 something. Uh, opening, but that seems like a good sign that things are headed in the right direction. Yeah. And I mean, this mall in particular has been 17 years in the making. So 
it's great to see that it it's like re- I mean some of the facilities were open but I think this is the first retail part that's open total like ever um unless I misunderstood that but yeah it's great can't wait to check it out I'll be wearing my mask but I will be checking it out <laughs> yeah I thought it was interesting because this this mall includes um incorporates a lot of um more entertainment focused um companies or, or not companies but like uh they, they have a couple of theme parks, they have a water park, you know, stuff like that, uh, which is great because you're creating, you're, you're generating traffic uh, outside of just uh, retail, uh, which builds kind of secondary audiences for the shopping um, experience there. So that's a good, I think that's a great practice in general. Um, I thought it was interesting that some of those are opening now. That doesn't seem like a great idea yet. But um, it seems like I think like half of their kind of theme park entertainment components are opening and then 30 some odd retailers are opening as well. Yeah. And I think I think they actually they have shifted the plan significantly in the last year or two to like really focus more on experience and less on retail, um, which I think is a good idea. They're uh, they're building their uh, their own anchor. The mall is the anchor, you know. Just looping that back in. Yeah. Pivot. They're pivoting. Yeah. It's a uh, variable hook, if you will. The mall is generating its own traffic yeah. uh, outside of just shopping. Yeah. Definitely. And uh, I'm, I am truly excited to see it. I've been inside the space to tour for some projects that we've been working on, and um, it's very well done. And it's hard to comprehend how big it is. So uh, it's, it's going to be a cool space. I'm looking forward to getting there and checking it out. Absolutely. Well, uh, thank you for listening to the Omni Experience podcast. This was COVID-19, still pivoting. Still pivoting. Uh, This episode was brought to you by Q Gravity. And as always, edited by Artificial. Uh, You can check them out on uh, Instagram. Uh, We'll have a link in the show notes. As always, contact us on Twitter at Omni underscore experience. Or send us an email to oxpod at qgravity.com. The link to that is also in the show notes. Um, we also are looking for people to send us a voice note through the Anchor app. And uh, if we like what you have to say, we may uh, put you on the next episode. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. See you soon. <laughs>